Hey guys, welcome to church. It's announcement time. It's Doug coming your way with the announcements. I feel like we've done this quite a bit, but the announcements are fresh and tasty. And just for you, coming up this Wednesday, March 16th at 6.30, we are having our Night Watch event. This is a night where we'll have some laid-back acoustic worship, and we'll just spend some time in prayer. You know, there will be intercessory prayer. If you need ministry, it'll be available. That's this Wednesday, March 16th at 6. The following Wednesday, March 23rd at 6.30, we're bringing back our jam night again. Uh, another month, another great time to play songs together. You can bring your instrument, you can sing along. Uh, it's a great night for us musicians and vocalists. Anyone's welcome. Just bring whatever instrument you got. You know, it's about having fun and fellowshipping together. It's not so much about recording an album, because we're not going to be recording, okay? There's no recording. It's just going to be play the songs, have fun. So that's March 23rd. 6.30 p.m. Check out the app. There's a link for the chord charts. You can access the songs there if you want to practice. Also, April has a couple cool events that we want to tell you about. One More Youth will be April 6th at 6.30. That's another Wednesday night. Uh, we'll have all the bounce houses set up. We'll have all our, our obstacle course and uh, a couple of the cool bouncy houses That'll be April 6th at 6.30. Those will be set up for our Easter VBS, April 8th. Uh, that's for kids 3 to 11. Uh, that's going to be from 6 to 8.30. Again, 3 to 11, that's the age range for the kids there, April 8th. Uh, if you can sign up to volunteer, that's available on the app. You can also register your kids on the app. It's going to be a great time. The kids always have so much fun, and Pastor Regina always does a great job with getting it all ready to go. So that's April 8th, 6.30 p.m. You won't want to miss it. With all that being said, keep downloading the app, and you know what comes next. You guys say it with me. Let's get ready for church. Woo! Welcome, everybody joining us online. We're getting ready to go here. Worship was great earlier, and uh, it'll be even better now that you're with us. Then we'll be hopping into our series on encouraging and uh, being an encourager. We're in Philippians 4, 4 through 8 over the next part of this series. So get your Bibles, get coffee, get comfy. Here we go. Woo! Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I know it feels a little extra early because I'm feeling it, too. It was extra early and cold outside. Yeah. Freezing. Like, Not want to get out of the bed. Uh, 61 <sighs> degrees. Which is funny because last night I watched you open all the windows all the way up. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is an opportunity to, you know, save electricity. But it was 61 degrees in the house this morning. Well, what was it when I opened the windows? <laughs> Someone needs another cup of coffee. <clears throat> Hi, guys. <laughs> all right. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do now that we've traded some witty banter and poked each other a little bit. <laughs> I always have the thought, I hope people know we're married. <laughs> like, wow, they're kind of sharp with each other. Ha happily married. <laughs> we're happily married. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do this morning. In case you didn't know, we're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And uh, we had so much fun earlier this morning at last night. So we're looking forward to doing that with you guys with our 930 flavor. After worship, Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their Sunday school classes, and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Encourager Part 11 today. Before we get into any of that, 
Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We love your presence, Papa. And Papa, we're gathered this morning in celebration of what you've done for us. Knowing that you're a God who keeps your promises and a God who is wrapped in his own faithfulness so we can celebrate what you're going to do in us. Help us to draw closer to you, Papa. We want our hearts to beat with your heart. We want to be filled with your love so that we can be the people living in your overlap, sharing your love with every person that we come into contact with. We thank you, Papa. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, you know that we have no power of our own to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls that we may be defended from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. Was the last night of the Passover celebration, the cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit... Please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. And I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst. We're going to see the words pop up all over the place. You guys are welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. This is the new one we did last week. New name written down in glory. Darkness broke me down, but Jesus broke me. 
out. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your
captives then your freeing hearts right now you are the same God you are the same God you touch the lepers then I feel your touch right now you are the same God you are the same God you lord and we are so so thankful for this time of worship in your presence god you're so good to us father you're so faithful so true and lord as we're here in your presence i'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word lord god would you anoint the words that are spoken to us that are taught to us use those words god to stir up our hearts towards you and holy spirit I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. Hey, I missed you last week. You have fun? Cool. It's okay. Hi, guys. Well, today's story is amazing. You guys are going to be amazed. And it comes from the book of Joshua. And that the book of Joshua is in the first part of the Bible, and that's called the Old Testament, right? And, oh, my goodness, God's people were at the edge of the Jordan River, right? And the only thing, right, between them and the promised land was, like, this deep and wide river, right? And they're like, how are we going to get through, right? But God had a plan. God told Joshua... You could use a bridge and a boat, but they didn't have any then. I know. So, yeah, yeah. But but God had a plan. God had it all figured out. He he told them, listen, have the priests take the ark. Remember the ark of God? That was like the presence of God, right? That represented the presence of God. Yeah, very similar. It should, it should be similar. So... They told them, um, God told the priest, you need to carry the ark and put it at the edge, you know, and be at the edge of the river, right? As soon as your feet touch the river, 
it's going to stop. And guess what happened, guys? The river stopped flowing. Yes, so God's people were able to cross to the promised land with no problem because God made the water stop. Isn't that amazing? I know. And then God told them a very important thing because he wanted them to remember what had happened. He told Joshua to pick 12 men, each from the tribes of Israel, right? Because there were 12 tribes and they were to carry stones. Yes, 12 tribes, right? I know. And... They were told to carry, to go to the riverbed, right, to the river, to the, where the river was, and pick up 12 stones, but not little stones. They were big stones, and they had to carry it. Yes, they had to carry it on, on their shoulders. And they were to build a memorial. Yes, and the memorial helps us to remember important events, okay? So they were to do that. And finally, the the priest with the ark crossed to the other side and God's people were in the promised land. God got them there and he wanted them to remember how powerful he is because he wanted them, he wants them to trust him, right? And everything. And God wants us to trust him too. And Jesus came in power, guys. Jesus did many miracles. He even calmed the storm. Do you remember that? When it was stormy and God said, be still. And it was still. And then the most amazing miracle that God did that showed his power, yeah, is that he came back to life. Did you know that? I know, right? Yes. That's right. Good job, Cole. You were right. And if when we trust Jesus... Right? He saves us from our sins. He saves us from everything. Isn't that amazing? So good. Okay, you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Oh, I totally forgot about the Bible verse, but it's okay. Joshua 4, 7 tells us, I forgot it, that when, that the reason that they wanted him to, be, to God wanted them to build a memorial was so that, that if your children ever ask about it, you can tell them, right? They remind us, the stone remind us, <laughs> That the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. Isn't that amazing? Why yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Then you can remember. Yeah. Okay, guys. You ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay. So repeat after me. Joshua 4, 7. Joshua 4, 7. Good job. Then you can tell them. Then you can tell them. They remind us. That the Jordan River, River stop flowing. flowing. Very good. When the Ark of the Lord's, the of the Lord's covenant, covenant went, across. went across. Excellent job. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Good job, guys. Pastor Georgina will pray for them, and then we'll dismiss them off to Children's Church. All right, guys. So now we're going to pray, and then we will go to our classrooms, okay? You guys, oh, bless you. Ready? Father in heaven, we are so grateful to you, Lord God, for always taking care of us, for always having the best plan for us, God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your miracles and your power, Lord. And help us to remember each and every time, Lord God, you are powerful in our lives. In Jesus' name, what do we say, guys? Amen. 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 All right, good job. So now you can go to your classrooms. Have fun.
I totally get it. That's what everybody's thinking. They're like, where'd our hour go? <laughs> I was interpreting in case you didn't. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Glad to have you here as well. We, we had a little bit of a cold front that's lasting a day, but I'm sure it's warmed up. It was 60 on the way here, but it is, uh, it's still 60. <laughs> anyway, what do I, what do I, there's the weather update. Thank you for tuning in. And now traffic. Uh, traffic is bad. Yeah, sorry. Anyway. That code that just popped up, if you're a first-time guest or visitor, if you pointed your smart device at it with the camera on, a link would pop up to our digital connect card, and it would ask for your name, phone number, and email address. If you give us that information over the next five or six weeks, you will get a number of texts and emails. And uh, we would love to have that information from you, but know that you will get things happening in your text and email as you do it. We also have gifts for all the first-time guests, and... Uh, there in, in the guest services area. If you didn't get one on the way in, please go ahead and grab one of those on the way out. Um, we, oh, I wanted to give you an update. So we, uh, we partner with Convoy of Hope, and, and that's something that we do on a weekly basis here. We're, we're feeding most of the time. We, we just cooperate with them, partner with them in feeding uh a whole school in um, Haiti. But when big things happen, disasters happen in the world, response needs to take place, um, we, we also partner with them to make sure that those things can take place. And so Convoy of Hope uh, asked me to pass on to this, and they're thankful for you guys being so generous, that they uh, have uh, gotten, gotten, they got a warehouse in Poland, and they've already been sending plane loads of supplies over there to resource. There's millions of people that have left Ukraine and they're in Poland. And um, so all of that's possible because you're, you guys are so generous. And um, here's what's cool. Convoy, one of the reasons we love Convoy of Hope is, well, you, besides that, almost everything you get to them goes out into these places, is that they partner with local churches. And so all those resources will be distributed through the local church to all the people that need it. It connects people to the church as well as to seeing their needs met. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. And um, when we pray here, we're just about to pray. We're going to pray for our, our neighbors, but I also want to I'll include uh, the people in Ukraine as we pray. So uh, I've asked you to be praying for your neighbors, you know, as you walk around your streets and everything. And uh, then corporately we gather and we pray for them. So sort of get your neighbors in your mind real quick. Let's think about the people that live right around you. And let's go to the Lord. Papa, we come and we lift up our neighbors to you once again. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. And that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors too, to love our neighbors well. Lord, bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And again, we pray for Ukraine and for the people there and for all the things that are going on in that whole region. And we lift them all up to you, God. Ask that you would bless them and encourage them and um, strengthen them and let them know your peace in this time. And God, we are thankful for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
We also, this time of year, we do our one more offering. Listen, it's a four and a half minute video that I shot. Please go watch a video. It talks about in the video things that we would like to do over the next year. This is not like our budget of things or how we, these are just extra things that we would like to do over the next year. Please watch a video and then pray. And if I've got people praying about those things, I call that a win. Okay, so there's that. And, oh, another cool story. So last Sunday, at about 11.30, uh, after everybody had come in and gotten their breakfast sandwich and everything, that we sent the food truck over to the fishing tournament that the, the deputies pull, do every year over here on one of the bridges for all the kids. And um, we sent it out, you know, loaded up with ice cream, and um, we gave away free ice cream to everybody on the bridge, kids and parents. And that, I think we gave it. There was a couple hundred people, maybe. Uh, and they all. And one of the deputies told me that when our truck pulled up, fishing stopped. <laughs> All right, it's done. Uh, yay, ice cream. That's what we really want. But because you guys are generous, we're able to bless a whole community event like that by giving them free ice cream and stuff and bless them. So thank you. Very cool. Okay. We are continuing on in this series called Encourager. Uh, the ministry of encouragement, how important that is. We've just spent 10 weeks pressing into Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. We're going to spend the next five weeks or so looking at Philippians 4, 4 through 8. I want to introduce a guy named Barnabas today that I think you're going to like. So that's where we're heading. Let me do the bad jokes and get those out of the way so we can press on. And the, apparently these are very bad, but I, part of me thinks that the early morning group just had not had a chance to wake up. Time change. I, and, you know, it, was funny, it used to be, there was a time not that many years ago when time change really used to mess things up because you didn't have all your devices that changed time for you. And, and we used to chuckle about who's going to be late and who's going to be early, depending on which time thing was happening. And I would tell people at church, don't, don't look when someone comes in an hour late because they think they're arriving on time because they're going to be confused. Don't mock them. And uh, we don't have to do that anymore because things change. And, and I, I had this thought too. Uh, so, you know, there was a time when we were told you, you, you should never get in a car with a stranger. And, and then, you know, a little later on, there was, uh, we were told that you always needed to be really careful about people that you met on the Internet. And, and then all of a sudden, they invented Uber. <laughs> Somebody mailed me this. What do Winnie the Pooh and Alexander the Great have in common? Their middle names. <laughs> so this group is better, they're awake. Last one. Why are pediatricians always angry? Because they have little patience. <laughs> Alice, my love. Come. Pray for us. Lead us in the reading of the word. Little patience. Speaking of children, aren't they adorable when they come up here? I love, I, that's like my favorite part. I love watching them. I love watching them grow. I love watching Georgina speak to them. And they, last week at 11, we had a little boy who hadn't been here in a while. And his mom or his grandma brought him up front and he saw Georgina and she was talking. He just ran up and gave her a, a running hug. And it was like, oh, you know, that's money in the bank, right? That's what it feels like. 
And you know, uh, I was thinking, two of the people up on the platform this morning were babies in this church and are now on the platform. And then another couple were much younger, uh, you know, preteens, teens, and they are. So I love to see how God raises them. That was me, the baby on a Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you in front of everybody. Usually he says pants on fire. (laughs) Pants on fire. Pants on fire. All right. Let's pray before we read the word together. Mm. Papa, Yahweh, Abba, we thank you, Lord, for being with us today. Father, I ask that this morning as we gather here together in fellowship, the fruits of the Spirit would be spent like currency on each other today, Father. That we would be able to see those that need loved to reach the brokenhearted, Father, to care about others more than we care about ourselves. And in all these things, Papa, we will give you the hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading? This is, as Steve will tell you, one of his very favorite passages of Scripture, but it's Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Blessed be the word. You guys can be seated. Yeah, so... uh I, I know I say this about whatever I'm talking about at the time. Absolutely, though, one of my favorite passages. And the reason is because I'm in that passage many times, really every day, particularly verse 6, which is, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Uh, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And and so... Um, that it's passage is like a it's like a friend to me almost. It's got that, and for years it's been my favorite passage, my go-to. I mean, for years and years and years. And and my hope is that you have some Bible verses like that. That you have some pat that that like they they feel that way. They're just something good about kind of hanging out with them, or reading them, or seeing them, or being reminded of them. You know that feeling we get like sometimes. Alice and I will watch some old TV shows back to back. And uh, I'm always happy when I'm the one facing the TV, but that's a different story. It's a bonus joke. But there are some old shows that just, that, like I was thinking in particular about all creatures great and small. 
the old one. I love hanging out watching that show. Just be there's, but it just feels, you know, you, all that stuff comes in. And, and so again, my hope is that you have some Bible passages like that, that just hanging out with them is fun. And I have, you know, I have this one memorized and I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about those verses, but I'm excited again in the next four or five weeks. And I want to encourage you, let's meditate on this little passage. Let's hang out in verses 4 through 8, and ask God to take us deeper. Remember, the Bible is not one-and-done literature. You don't read it one time and you're done. It's a, it's divinely inspired literature, and the way God did it was to draw you into it, and that the more time you hang out with it, the more God is revealed to you. He did that on purpose. You know, and it's written, people, it's, it's obviously written by people, but it's inspired by God. But that doesn't mean like God took them over when they wrote it. God always partners with people when he does things. I don't know if you've noticed, but read the whole book. He's always partnering with people pretty much throughout the book once he got things rolling and he partners with people. It was his heart. So the Bible's the same way. Partner with people. And what we have is this amazing, nothing else like it book that continues to reveal more and more and more the more you press in. So, I encourage you, press into this passage, and I hope it, it will become certainly one of your favorites as we go in. Now, we have been hanging out in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and I've told you that that whole book, letter, uh, uh, Hebrews, was written to persecuted believers. And this particular group had been persecuted and they were thinking about leaving their faith and going back to Judaism where they'd come from. And the writer of Hebrews says, look, that's really, it's not even an option for you because you have found what you've always been looking for in Jesus. And then uh, by hyperlinking to all of the stories, all kinds of stories in the Old Testament, he, he, he's consistently encouraging them uh, so that then they can encourage others to press in and hang on that they're going to find life there. Well, the early church was also persecuted, and as we read through the story of the book of Acts, um, we're finding that uh, after the church got off to a great start, and then the persecution started coming from all sorts of directions, and the church was scattered, and the disciples, and everyone was scattered out of Jerusalem, and then all over the world, they were kind of scattered by being persecuted into all sorts of places, And, and as they were scattered, they preached. The gospel and people responded and little sort of um, churches started popping up all over. Well, Antioch was one place uh, where this, these group of, of Gentile believers uh, sprung up and they needed some oversight. And so the church at the time, the disciples, the apostles, they, they asked Barnabas to go. And Barnabas is so cool. You'll read about Barnabas a lot in the book of Acts. He has some very important things, but he's, he's always going in and helping in situations and he's helping people and he blesses people. And, um, the name actually means what they call him Barnabas, son of encouragement. Cause that wasn't his name. Barnabas isn't his real name. Uh, and I told you last week to go and hunt. I don't know how many you did, but his real name is actually Joseph. He's another Joseph. And yet, he's always known as Barnabas, and you can pick him up throughout the story. Well, at this point, they asked Barnabas to go to Antioch to go and sort of help the new believers there, and he does. And then after he's been there a while, God says, oh, uh, listen, Barnabas, I need you to go and get Paul, Saul. Uh, you, you, when you read it first, it's Saul, but he, that's Paul they're talking about. Uh, he gets a name change, too. Um, go and get him, and he's going to be real helpful. And so he does that. He goes, he finds Paul. He brings Paul into the church in Antioch. And together they just minister to this group of new believers. 
And their, their impact on this group of believers is so significant that the, these new believers are, are so much like Jesus that it's in Antioch where they're first called Christians. It's very cool what's happening there. And, and really, you can, you can see the impact that Barnabas is having on those folks as he's willing to let God use him in those situations and to do whatever he, you know, God tells him to do. Go get Paul. Paul's going to help. Okay, good. And, uh, this is his story. Well, the Bible, uh, this is a, if you were going to have a, a Bible reference of your life, this would be a good one. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. How about that? That, you know, in the Bible, when you get a great number of people, he had some significant impact in people's lives throughout. Not, he had a huge impact on the life of Paul, let alone the church and all the people that were in it. And it's very cool that we see that. And, and as people who feel the calling to be encouragers, which is what we're all called to be, that's kind of a, a great sort of understanding of it. That's what we want to be as encouragers. We want to be good people, kind people, loving people, full of Holy Spirit, yielding to Him, listening to Him, reacting as He as He moves us in directions. Uh, we want to be people of faith, people that are reading the Word, people that are praying and hanging out with Him, and that the result would be that lots of people come ultimately know Jesus, because when discouraged people are encouraged they will often look for the source and come to know Jesus. And that's what sort of this whole thing is moving towards. So uh, this next passage, when I was talking about, I think will continue to help us to be encouraged so that we can be encouragers. So we're going to look at those verses 4 through 8. Alice already read them. Verse 4, fascinating verse, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And, and it might be a little hard to take in, but what, what's he, what does that mean? How, do, how is that even possible? What does it mean to rejoice? What's going on with that? Well, when I meditate on this verse, I like to think about it in, a, in two different ways, at least, is that that word that's translated rejoice could easily be translated celebrate, same word. And, and so I kind of hang on to both. Rejoice and celebrate in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice and celebrate. Because to me, it sort of has a, an inward connection that, that rejoicing is something, that joy sort of welling up in us, that joy of the Lord. And the celebrating part is sort of a, a, an external idea. And, and Paul was telling the believers at the time, um, because the, the people who worship false gods, they, they used to do a lot of celebrating uh, of their false gods because they think it was part of the deal. And Paul says, look, you, you guys know the real God, and, and so we need to be ready to celebrate as that happens. And, and you know, so both are kind of going on. And we all celebrate differently, and that's okay. Uh, I, I think about, you know, church in my own life, like when worship starts... Uh, I like to stand up and move a little bit. And that's me. It's like when I'm driving. I, when I'm listen, I listen to worship. I've been listening to that new song in my car a lot. I have it on, uh, keeps playing over and over again. Uh, the first one they did. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Chung chung. I am who. That's a law and order reference. Um, <laughs> I am who. And I'll just, but I can't sit in my car listening to that song. And, you know, just kind of, I'm, I'm like, I'm playing 
at least the entire rhythm section on the dashboard, right? I am who I, and I can't, my shoulders want to move and stuff. And so for, for me, when, when um, we started to work, I like to stand up. I, I like to move a little bit. It's, I think part of that is, is I, I, I really remember what life was like before I knew Jesus. It'll flash on me. And I'm so thankful that it's just like, yes. But not everybody celebrates that way. And that's okay. Sometimes people will ask me, how come you don't, everybody doesn't stand during worship? And, and I say, well, we couldn't ask everybody to stand. We could have everybody, but, but half of the group would be sitting on the inside. <laughs> and I don't want people to be miserable during celebration who are just thinking, is it over? Is it over? Not another refrain. Not another chorus. Not another song. I want to sit down. And we come from so many backgrounds and traditions that it's okay. And, and so people celebrate differently. It's what, it should be where you're at. And so if you like to stand and move, good for you. I, I, that's great. If you like to sit and, and that's really cool too. And if, if you stand, then, then give, have lots of grace for the sitters. And if you're a sitter, have lots of grace for the standers because we're spending the fruit of the spirit as currency. We're loving well. And so it's all part of it. And, and then we can enjoy it. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's where we enjoy it. It's all tied together, see, on this journey. And so we're to rejoice in the Lord. And we don't want to limit it to an inward thing. It's also an outward thing. But, uh, but so we need to know some things. First, when Paul says that, rejoice in the Lord always, he's not saying that you have to be in a perpetual good mood. Because what you will do if you think that's what it's saying is... Whenever you're around other believers, you will paste on something fake. Uh, fake happy. And fake happy is like the word. You guys know what I'm talking about? You ever meet? It's just not, it's not a good expression of who we are. And that's not what he's saying. The, the joy that he's, this idea of rejoicing, we have to remember that there's a, a, a connection with Holy Spirit. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. There's something supernatural that's going on in us that he's drawing us towards. And, and, it, it, you know, while it may not be perfectly attainable in a fallen world, I think that the way that Paul emphasizes it, he's saying, but listen, don't just shrug it off as not being possible. You, you want to continue to press in to be able to rejoice in the Lord always. But that brings up some pretty important parts of what we're talking about here. That as you hang out with this verse, uh, that the command is to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. The, the object of our rejoicing is the Lord. He's the one that we're rejoicing in. You are not rejoicing or called to rejoice in your circumstances because your circumstances can be horrible in a fallen world on a broken planet. And they're not saying that you're to go like, woo, during that. That's not what they're talking about here. Because um, circumstances change. It can be very bad. They can be very good. But the object of your celebrating and worship, he never changes. He's faithful. You can trust him. And, and you can hang out with him. And, and we need to know that. And, and so we, we press into him. We also need to know that, that this is not just, like, rejoicing is not just emotion. It's act, it's action. See, you can't, you can't always control your emotion, but you can choose your actions. 
And that's an important distinction for us to make. So we're, we're choosing to rejoice. We're choosing to focus on the Lord. We're choosing to not be so overwhelmed by our circumstances that we lose sight of the promises and the hope that we have. Remember, we talked to, uh, just a few weeks ago about this unswerving hope that we have because of who God is and what He's done and the bigger picture and the story and all those amazing promises that not only are there off in the distance but have broken through because of the cross into the now in some way. We're people of hope and we're to live in that even during the midst of difficult circumstances. And so we hang on to that. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So I'm realizing this is, I'm choosing this. My, my, my rejoicing is in the Lord, not in my circumstances, but I know that God is faithful and I know that he's got me. Cause circumstances, you know, I love good, don't get me wrong. I love good circumstances. They're like my favorite. <laughs> Whoo. But if, if you, if it's always about good circumstances, you're, you're gonna be a mess like a chunk of the time. Cause life is hard, things happen. It's all part of the deal. But I love this because, see, here's what's so cool from hanging out in this verse a lot. You can be sad. You, you can be feeling the impact of things going on in your own situation in the world around you, but you can still rejoice in the Lord. And that's so important that we get a hold of that, that that's the picture, that the, the verse isn't, you know, you always got to be happy because that's not what he's calling us to. It's a, I love that the Bible is balanced. I love the stories in the Bible. They're not just, everything's like this. It's like you, you get to read about life drama in here, but the goodness of God happening in lives. And, and I have this Bible trivia fact for you that I think you might enjoy. If it ever comes up. Because it's so cool how the Bible is bouncing. So the, most of you will know this first one, that as you read the New Testament in the English language, that the shortest verse in the Bible, how many of you know what the shortest verse is? Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. If you're reading it in the Greek, the New Testament, the shortest verse is different because the languages are different. Here's, here's so what's fascinating to me. The shortest verse in the Greek New Testament is First, first Thessalonians. 516, which is rejoice always. How cool is the Bible? Jesus wept, rejoice always. But they don't contradict one another. There's something going on. And, and you can see it happening in the lives of people. One, one, we read this a couple of weeks ago in Hebrews 12. This is Jesus. And, and uh, the writer of Hebrews says, let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him... There's the, that has that rejoicing context, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The, the events of the cross are horrific. Not good circumstances, even a little bit. Our Jesus, who was doing this on our behalf, his, his friends left him. He was betrayed. He was stripped. He was mocked. He was beaten. He was forced to carry his own cross. He was nailed to it eventually. A horrific, horrible, torturous death. And yet the writer of Hebrews says that, that he was able to go through that because of the joy set before him. He had a hold of this that it was beyond circumstance. Now, Oftentimes when people read that, I told you this the other week, but you need to hear it again. Somebody needs to hear it. Some people will read this and think, well, the joy that was before him was sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God. And, and 
that's a cool thing, don't get me wrong. But that's not what motivated the entire thing. See, before Jesus came in the flesh and did all that he did, knowing he knew all this was going to happen, he was already there at the right hand of God. Already happening. It was something that existed. Something that was missing in the throne. And that something was you. And you have to let that this week, if, if you don't take in anything else this week, you let that sink in somewhere. That, that Jesus did all that he did, and as he was going through it, he was able to endure it because he knew he was doing it for you. And don't go corporate on this. Well, yeah, no, no, you, per, you personally. You, you were in his mind. You were, he did it for you. And, and so that's really important that we get a hold of that. And, and because of what he did, everything in the world changed. The, the apostles, they, <laughs> I love this because I, I, I couldn't do what they did. They, they preach and they're dragged off and they're beaten for preaching the gospel. That's all they had done is just do what Jesus told them to do. And, and so they, they're beaten and they leave the Sanhedrin and look what they do. Rejoicing. Because they'd been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. God bless them. Because I'm not there. (laughs) After a good flogging. (laughs) I got nothing, man. (laughs) But God's working on me. Here's another. Listen, these Paul and Silas. Paul and so... I, Paul and Barnabas have a rift at some I love the Bible. Anyway, they end up having a rift. And, and so Paul teams up with Silas. And they're um, just out preaching. They're doing the same thing. And that doesn't go well. And they're taken. And they're beaten. And they're tossed into, into a jail. And like the worst part of the jail. And at midnight, love the scripture, at midnight, Paul and Silas, after all of that, they're praying and they're praising. They're singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And you could go on and read the story. I don't have it all there. But what happens as they're praising and worshiping God after the mess that they've been through is, you know, there's this earthquake that just kind of happens at that moment. And this earthquake just opens up all the prison doors. And, and the jailer comes running in. And, and he's worried because he's responsible for the guys and he, he, he thinks he has to kill himself. And Paul says, don't worry, nobody left. They're all, they were, the presence of God was so cool that even the doors popping open, they all wanted to just hang out in the presence. Oh, you gotta think about some of these stories. And, and what the, the jailer, he looks at all that and, you know, he says, listen, I, I don't really know what's going on here, but I know I want in. And he comes to know Jesus. And, and you know, this passage that we're in right now is a letter written to the church that pretty much things started because of that encounter. How cool is that? What is the power of encouragement? What is, what is the, the, you know, the, the thing happens in us when we decide that regardless of circumstance, we're going to rejoice in the Lord? There's lots of things going on in the world right now that we can't rejoice in. But God... He's still God. He's still faithful. He still loves us. He still has a plan for us. And, and we need to get our attention on Him. Because that's where we really find life. So hang out in verse 4 this week. Get ready for verse 5. I, I want to start preaching verse 5 right away. But it's one of my favorite. It, it, so verse 4 is about rejoice in the Lord. I always say it again. Verse 5 is let your gentleness 
be evident to all. The Lord is near. And, and it builds off four because if you're, if you're really rejoicing in the Lord, um, you, you can't come away from that and be rude to people. And sometimes that's how we sort of start to live in this world and that let your gentleness be evident to all. All, let it be everyone. Even the people that annoy me, God, yes, especially to them. Even to the bad drivers, God, yes. I put that verse for years out on a big banner in the parking lot because we never have enough parking. And people were coming in all mad at each other. And like they were having yelling fights about who taught you how to park. And, and so I plastered that verse up there. Let your gentleness be evident all. You do not have to teach them how to park right now. <laughs> Why don't you have volunteers in the parking lot? Because everyone was so mean to them, they would leave the church. I'm out of here. I'm going somewhere else. All right, well, just let them deal. We'll, we'll let Holy Spirit teach us from the inside. I digress. Okay. Listen, all of this starts by knowing Jesus. That's, that's the answer to everything. And Jesus, he's so cool. It's his story, but he invites us into his story. And the way we respond to that invitation is we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. And if you've never done that, I want to encourage you to do that today. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And when you do that, everything changes. It's the best decision you will make. So if you've never done it, do it today. Ministry team, those here, you want to head over to the wall? And now, let's pray. Father, no matter what our circumstances today, let us just sit and rejoice in you. Father, we know that if we're sad, when we look to you, comfort comes. We can grieve unto life, Papa. And so I ask today, Lord, that you would bless anyone here that's feeling sad or discouraged, Lord, that they would feel built up and be able to sit and rejoice in you. In Jesus' name. Um, I I have a word for someone. It's a man. And what I saw was a... um, a matchbox, not a, not a matchbox car, but an actual old-fashioned matchbox. And you opened it up, and you struck the match, and it lit, and then you just smiled. And what the Lord showed me was you've been struggling over a decision, a difficult decision, and the Lord's going to light your way. It's going to come to you like that. And the scripture he wants you to reference is Matthew eleven twenty eight, And this is a very popular scripture. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So um, if that's for you, may you just be blessed today. Amen. You know, I, I just have this thought that as we were talking and as we, the, the scripture reading today, and, and I, I even told you one of my favorites is do not be anxious about anything. That, that I feel like, I know we didn't get to it today, but for some of you here today, I want you to jump into that verse in your life. That, that there's just, you've been in this season of, of like anxiety or discontent or whatever it might be. And, and I feel like the Lord is inviting you into that verse. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God so that the peace of God that's the heart of God for you, to know His peace. And so if you've been, if you've been dealing with that, that sort of anxiousness, I, I just feel like God wants for you to know His peace and to find life 
in it. You're an awesome God. And we love you so much. Thank you, church, for being so cool to partner with. Your amazing generosity. Bless you for all those things, your faithfulness to your giving and your offering. And we are so grateful for that. The ministry team is over there. If you need prayer for anything, they will make sure that you get prayer. So please, if you, if you need to, go and visit them before you leave. Let's sing the doxology, and the children will come raining down upon us. <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Looks like it's getting nice out there. If it warms up, catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Ministry team is over there. Go out these doors. Love you guys. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching, everybody. God bless you guys. And uh, so be, hang out with verse 4. Think about verse 5. Uh, and if you need verse 6, jump there too. Have a great rest of the day and a great week. That's right. You know what adult children are good for? Yes. What? Telling Me- us that we shouldn't talk about our lunch.